Chapter Two of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: A Victim. It was a very merry company which gathered in the Schuyler farmhouse, detained as they fondly believed by the unusually severe and long-continued thunderstorm. It had been a genuine detention at first while the lightning flashed continually and the earth seemed fairly to tremble under the roar of thunder they had been grave enough more than one of the group silently wishing herself safely at home the bountiful supper which had been spread in the hospitable dining-room was neglected while the storm raged oh dear one of the guests had said we cannot eat while it is thundering so and though bob schuyler remarked philosophically that thunder didn't hurt anybody and was ready for his supper it was by common consent remanded to the kitchen to be kept hot and cold while the nutting party regrouped themselves in the centre of the large parlour as far away from windows as possible and talked in somewhat subdued tones and waited as for marjorie edmonds she did not talk at all she could not help remembering that her mother was inclined to be nervous during a thunderstorm one of her earliest recollections was of hearing her father say we must go downstairs little girl and help mamma be cheerful while this storm lasts of late years she had taken up that father's work or tried to and was generally at hand to help mamma be cheerful during a storm now she was perhaps quite alone and when an unusually brilliant flash of lightning flooded the room followed instantly by the deafening peal of thunder marjorie wished earnestly that she had not left her but when the thunder ceased and the rain which had been falling in torrents came only in gentle drops the spirits of the company began to rise they were ready now for pleasantries and merry little thrusts at the expense of the more nervous by the time the belated supper was again ready the rain had ceased altogether and the guests were hilarious that is most of them were it was impossible for marjorie edmonds being the girl she was to forget that they were still seven miles from home and the hour was nearing in which she had told her mother they would be sure to return but then of course mother would take the storm into consideration and not expect them so early it was surprising how long they lingered at that supper-table the clock struck ten while they were still eating nuts and guessing conundrums and they lingered still in spite of the fact that it would now be nearly midnight before they could hope to reach home marjorie who had a vivid imagination and was well acquainted with her mother could hardly restrain her impatience she had finished her meal long before and sat back waiting had she been seated near enough to ralph bramlett to have given him a word in undertone she felt that matters might be hastened for ralph bramlett was a power among the young people but fate had placed her the length of the table from him and on the same side as himself so that she could not even send him a meaning glance there was nothing for it but to wait until those thoughtless creatures had finished their nuts and their stories there were the douglas sisters hindering as much as any although their father was an invalid and would be sure to get no sleep until they were safe at home 
it was while they still surrounded the table that mrs schuyler hospitably inclined said i think it would be a good plan for you to remain all night it is getting late and we may have another shower i don't suppose the weather is settled we have plenty of room and shall be delighted to have you stay a chorus of voices greeted this sentence the schuyler girls in eager seconding of their mother's invitation some of the guests in earnest protest others of them declaring that it would be great fun and one or two explaining that they must be at home very early in the morning well said mrs schuyler that might be managed if you really cannot stay to breakfast you might plan for a very early morning ride it is light enough for driving soon after four o'clock and a much pleasanter hour for it than late at night in a storm there was much eager talking and marjorie who had not at first given much heed not deeming it possible that so absurd a plan should carry weight began to be seriously alarmed oh for a word with ralph what if he should commit himself to some of those silly girls who actually wanted to stay and keep their families in anxiety ralph was very tenacious of his word if he promised them he would not go it might require more persuasion than she was willing to make to carry her point yet her point must be carried at all hazards just that which she feared was happening at that moment oh you won't stay estelle douglas was saying to ralph i think it would be a real lark to do so but i have not the slightest expectation of it marjorie edmonds will look at you with those great brown eyes of hers and murmur something about being in haste to start and you will go out and harness the horses though one of them should be struck with lightning while you are doing it and though a cyclone should carry away the wagon somehow you will manage to get her home and make the rest of us go in your train of course now ralph bramlett being a weak young man easily swayed by impulse was of course painfully susceptible to such talk as this really he said his face flushing under her merry gaze i do not know why you should suppose me to be a person so utterly devoid of common sense of course i will stay if the majority of my party wish to do so though i had not supposed that you would on account of making the people at home anxious his tormentor laughed merrily that is too funny she said gaily don't you know we are all aware that you respond to marjorie's slightest nod you have even caught her phraseology the rest of us give our parents credit for some common sense but marjorie knows that her mother proceeds to worrying about her as soon as she is out of sight and has to be humored accordingly i don't blame you ralph marjorie is a prize worth winning and she isn't to be won by people who do not know enough to bow when she does and shake their heads in accordance with her negatives but she is a dear girl and worthy of all manner of concessions after that it was unfortunate that marjorie's first words when she met him at last in the parlor were oh ralph won't you see about the horses at once it is growing so late and i cannot think what mother will do if we are not there soon your mother will be reasonable of course he answered coldly more coldly than he was in the habit of speaking to marjorie i do not know that we shall go at all 
i must consider the wishes of the entire party marjorie and if the majority wish to stay she interrupted him her eyes wide with anxiety oh but ralph you promised don't you know when i appealed to you this morning you said why of course mrs edmonds we shall be back before ten we cannot see to pick nuts as late as that i beg your pardon he said that was in no sense a promise it was a mere statement of the probable that we were to have a thunderstorm of unprecedented severity to hinder us i certainly did not take into those calculations i know you could not help our being so late but ralph it does not rain now see how bright the moonlight is if we start at once we may be at home by midnight oh ralph won't you hurry if estelle's merry eyes had not been on him he would not have answered as coldly as he did i do not see marjorie why you cannot be reasonable like the rest of the party they all have mothers as well as you i think the majority of them wish to stay all night it is so late now that we cannot any of us get home without disturbing the entire household while the most of us at least are to be trusted to take care not only of ourselves but of those entrusted to us at any rate i am bound to think of the entire party and not single out one to control it if the most of them wish to stay that must settle it marjorie dropped the hand which she had rested lightly on his arm she was hurt to the heart no she did not want to be selfish she had not supposed that she was so she believed that he of all persons would be the last one to think so what had happened to make him so cruelly indifferent to her wishes yet she must get home despite her pride and her hurt feelings she must make one more effort ralph even at the risk of your good opinion i must make another effort it is so important that i get home you do not understand how a mother feels who is all alone in the world a mother who was left to my care we have never been away from each other overnight since my father died if the others want to stay all night could not you take me home i know it is very hard to ask you to take such extra trouble for me but i feel as though i must go her lip quivered as she spoke and the young man's heart seemed to leap up into his throat the thought of a ride with marjorie at any time was enough to set all his pulses to quivering she was more to him ten thousand times than all the others combined but those hateful dancing eyes of that girl estelle he could not resist looking over at her at the moment she was watching them she comprehended the whole scene she nodded her mischievous head in the direction of the stables and made a slight dexterous motion to indicate himself driving out his horses there would be no end to her ridicule if he should yield and marjorie would have to suffer it with him no he must shield her as well as himself he steeled himself to look coldly at the quivering lip i can't do it marjorie think how ridiculously conspicuous it would make us both from all the talk about me i am sure they have made up their minds to remain the night would be half over before we could reach home and we will go as early in the morning as you please before daylight if you say so they are afraid of another storm i suppose the weather is unsettled probably 
i wonder marjorie since you are so unwilling to trust to my judgment that you trusted yourself to my care to come this last sentence was added almost in impatience because he saw that his logic had not moved her a hair's breadth from her desire she turned from him drawing a long breath as she did so and he remembered afterwards just how her half-suppressed voice sounded as she said slowly i am sorry i did he could have choked himself the next moment for half the words he had spoken he began to make the most vigorous efforts to induce his party to vote for home but the spirit of the frolic had by this time gotten hold of them they were intimate friends at the schuylers they had been often entertained there they knew they were more than welcome nothing was more common than for large parties to come out by invitation to spend not only the night but several days and nights oh their people would understand well enough what had become of them they had done it before everybody knew that they were going to take supper at the schuylers besides there was going to be another storm they were sure of it the moonlight looked too bright to last two of the girls said that they were awfully afraid of driving during a thunderstorm didn't he know it was considered dangerous to be out under the trees besides horses were almost always afraid of lightning in short ralph bramlett failed and went about gloomily conscious of it he had given that mischievous spirit estelle douglas his word that he would abide by the majority and abide he must she congratulated him now on his success i did not think you could accomplish it she said when i saw her mournful eyes looking up at you i thought our fun was all over and began to plan how i should protect myself from the possible rain you are braver than i thought he hated her for saying it he assured her that it was in his opinion a very foolish thing to stay all night that there was no more sign of storm outside than there was in the parlor that the drive by moonlight would have been charming and that he was simply a victim of circumstances in the course of the next hour he contrived to be near enough to marjorie to speak low i'm awfully sorry marjorie i tried my best to get them to vote to go home i never saw such idiots she answered him never a word and moved away from his side of the room as promptly as she could merriment ran high in that large old-fashioned parlor but ralph bramlett who was generally the centre of the merriest group certainly did not have a happy time he was moody and absent-minded his eyes followed marjorie whenever they could do so without being too closely observed he had all the horror of a weak nature of being observed where observation would have done no harm as for marjorie it was easy enough for some time to keep her in sight she was very quiet speaking only when directly appealed to and she kept her station near one of the wide low windows which commanded a view of the road just why she wished to watch it she would have found it difficult to explain a wild idea that somebody might pass who in the brilliant moonlight she should recognize and to whom she could fly down and beg a passage home floated through her excited brain but of course found no judgment to rest upon it was too late for ordinary passers-by and she was too far from the road either to recognize or appeal 
but she sat and thought it and a dozen other schemes over not as things which she would attempt but as plans which might be carried out suppose the situation were desperate enough if for instance she were a prisoner here held by desperadoes and in danger of her life how would she plan she tried to keep her thoughts on some such absurdity so as not to think too steadily of her mother that frail nervous loving mother what kind of a night of suffering was this to her among the groups around her merriment grew apace nobody was tired or sleepy somebody suggested going to bed and somebody else laughed at the idea why should they go tamely to bed at a reasonable hour as though this were like any other night instead of a time for them to be together and have a frolic by and by ralph's watchful eyes noticed that marjorie edmonds summoned little effie schuyler to her and carried on a whispered conversation with her effie was the youngest of the company and had been twice advised by her elder sisters to retire but had begged for another hour of the fun now she carried messages back and forth from marjorie to her eldest sister and presently marjorie slipped away from the room she was gone so long that ralph's anxieties became torture and he ventured to make inquiries of miss schuyler by which he learned that marjorie had pleaded headache and weariness and asked to be allowed to slip quietly away to her room without making any break she had also begged for the little hall room where there was a single bed so she would disturb no one by her restlessness miss schuyler had intended to send effie there and give her a more comfortable bed but she had begged for that she miss schuyler had been up once but everything was so quiet that she had not liked to disturb her poor marjorie she was really sorry for her she was unlike those other dear thoughtless girls she could not help feeling anxious about her mother if brother rich had been here said miss schuyler i should have asked him to take marjorie home End of chapter two